Welcome to the Maximus Podcasts with your hosts, Joe Sabula and Bobby Maximus. Today, we are here to discuss a very important topic that really affects everything that we've talked about in the past. We've talked about the gym. We've talked a little bit about nutrition. Uh, we've talked about changing your life for the better. And one of the underlying things that affects affects all of those is this concept of stress. Now, Joe, we were talking earlier today when we were planning this podcast mm-hmm. and you came up with a really good definition for stress. Yes. So uh, let's hear so, it. So I, I just did a, a quick Google search stress definition and it came up with, with basically two definitions. I kind of like them both, but we'll talk about how we're going to tweak this for our, our discussion today. Uh, the first is pressure or tension exerted on a material object, such as the distribution of stress is uniform across the bar. The second definition is a state of mental or emotional strain or tension resulting from adverse or very demanding circumstances, as in He's obviously under a lot of stress. Now, one of the things that we talked about was that stress doesn't necessarily have to be a negative. It doesn't have to be adverse, but it's almost always certainly demanding. And and I feel like from what we talked about, stress is kind of like just pressure on the system. Right. So one of the examples we gave is getting married could be one of the happiest moments of your life. Yes. But it doesn't mean it's not stressful. Right. Same. Getting getting a job promotion could be a great thing for you. Doesn't mean it's not stressful. It's really just some type of pressure or really some type of input. Yeah. Buying buying a car, buying a house, heck, selling a house is one of the most stressful things I've ever been through. Yeah. But it can be the best. I mean, it can be one of the happiest moments of your life. You get a big paycheck Uh, at the end. (laughs) Well, that's 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 exactly it. And so it's not necessarily adverse, but it's something that's definitely demanding. And there used to be this idea, Joe, when I was in psychology, we went over one theory of psychology that every, I guess, occurrence in your life could be be, um, given a certain amount of points, sure, if you will, like a, it was kind of a stress scale, right? And so they had ranked the death of a spouse as the highest thing that you could mm-hmm. you could deal with, right? Uh, and it was like a minus ninety, yeah. And then there was the death of a child, and that was a minus seventy. And mm-hmm. just by saying that, you know. I don't know if that's right. You know, I know a lot of people that have dealt with the the death of a spouse and and seem to be okay. Mm -hmm. But it seems to me that dealing with a child dying, people never really bounce back from that. Right, right. And and then they went on to say getting married was a minus 30 and, you know, all these different things, Mm -hmm. right? But what we talked about is that's not necessarily true for every single person. Right. A lot of... I I feel like some people are better suited for some kinds of stress. You know, like like some people are just... uh, naturally a stronger person. Some people are more, have more endurance or are more athletic than other people. I think some people just deal with certain types of stress better than other people do. And so I I, I imagine like an EMT or like a first responder probably is okay with some gore. You know, they've probably had to run onto a scene where there's some blood and they can't be the kind of person who's going to pass out when they see a paper cut. But then there's people who pass out if someone gets a paper cut. And so I think those would be ranked very differently on a stress scale depending on the individual. Well, and that comes down to the idea of perception, right? Mm -hmm. We we talked about obviously, you know, on the scale that the death of a spouse was the highest rated uh, outcome. But 
I feel that could be varied as well. I mean, if you felt you were with the love of your life and you had found your person, I imagine that could be really stressful. Yeah. If you were in a marriage and you were miserable for five or six years mm-hmm. and you were trying to get out anyway, might not be as stressful. It might be more stressful because you feel there's a lot of um, uncommunicated things that you left on the table or there's unfinished business. Right, right. So it's really, I don't think it's really fair to try and place judgments about what stresses people out. Yeah, it depends a lot on the this particular circumstances too. Because uh, just just thinking about EMTs in like Gore, uh, I had a, a friend who was a, a nurse in a surgical intensive care unit, and he would would come home. Uh, we were roommates, and he would come home and tell me stories of, of like some of the the weird stuff that he had to do. I mean, basically like holding people's intestines in their bodies while doctors did work. And yet when his wife got pregnant and had a C-section, he passed out. And so yeah. it's a very different circumstance, like when it's when it's someone you know, and it's a circumstance where, where you're not the responder, like you're not in your uniform, so to speak. Uh, and so I think, on, yeah, on one end, like he's okay with blood. And on the other end, he totally passed out. Like these things happen. So I don't, I don't know how you fit that on a scale per se, but I think it's an interesting mental exercise to sort of consider. For sure. And I can relate to that being a former police officer. I mean, there was stuff I saw on the job that was horrible. Yeah. But it never really bothered me. If I came home and that was my son mm-hmm. or my wife, I honestly, I'd love to tell you I'd handle business like I did when I was a cop. Yeah. But I don't know if I'd have the emotional capacity at that point right. to handle that business. And you hear about that all the time. My mom actually had an experience. Uh, when my dad died, he died of a heart attack. They were actually um, driving mm-hmm. when it happened. And my mom, who is a nurse, uh, she worked in a merge uh, for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. and was really put together, she panicked. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and, and, and she ended up pulling it together and, and, and doing the right thing and stuff. But afterwards, she was, you know, she talked about it. She was really surprised with how that affected her. Yeah. Because it wasn't, it wasn't a patient, right? It right. wasn't a, a nameless person. That well, again, like she, she in wasn't her. in uniform. She wasn't on the job, you know? That's exactly it. Yeah. It was her, it was her husband. Yeah. And, and watching this happen, it kind of shell-shocked her a little bit. And so that was something I've always remembered um, that, that kind of, you know, what happens to other people, everyone likes to say, this is how I would deal with it. Yeah. But when it happens to you, it's not exactly like that. Right, right. And so one of the one of the things that we want to talk about in this is that stress just isn't related to stress either. Right. And to explain that a little further, stress, anxiety, uh, unhappiness, they're all somewhat related, right? Yeah. I mean, generally, if you're happy, you're not stressed out. And the happier you are, the greater reserves you have in dealing with stress. If you're living your dream life, you're happy, you wake up every day just feeling grateful and privileged to be on God's green earth. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot that really stresses you out. On the other hand, when you're anxious and unhappy, it seems that everything stresses you out. Yeah, yeah. But I wonder, though, if, if you know, you just wake up in kind of your perfect life, if over time, smaller and smaller things get to be more and more stressful. You know what I mean? Like you wake up on this beach in Hawaii every day and it's just wonderful. But then you start like, God, you know, the sun is just setting in front of that tree instead of over there over the ocean the way that I would like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I think well, I that think- there's a certain level of like, you're always going to have stress. And if you don't, you'll start finding things to stress out about. And on the flip side, when you're really stressed out, like literally everything will, will turn you off, you know? What? And I think I think that's related to unhappiness because we've seen the people that do that. Yeah. 
Yeah. The, the person that has beautiful kids, uh, they don't have to worry about money. They drive the car they want. They live in the house they want, and they're still miserable. Mm-hmm. And the things that stress these people out, like a lunch date was moved back 30 minutes. Yes, yeah. Their yoga instructor canceled. Yep. Their, their personal trainer's annoying. <laughs> you know, the fact you can afford a personal trainer five days a week, yeah. chill out a little bit, life's yeah. not so bad. But I think that comes from that root unhappiness from within. And I feel that people have a difficult time differentiating between stress and unhappiness. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like stress could be a job interview. Mm-hmm. But a deep-seated core unhappiness, that's a different thing that I think manifests itself in all kinds of outside stress. Well, and I think one of the themes that's probably going to come up, I, I just I have a sense here, but that oftentimes the things that you think you want aren't really the things you want. The things you think are nope. stressing you out aren't really the things stressing you out. So going back to my example, I mean, if you're stressing out about, you know, what direction the sun is setting in, like maybe that's not really what's getting at you either. Yes, You know, it's something underlying. And there's also this insecurity about stress. And what we're really getting at is how to identify stress. Yeah. yeah. Right. But people have a difficulty identifying it, first of all, separating it from unhappiness or anxiety. But the other thing, there's this insecurity about stress. Right. We're we're taught that insecurity and stress are terrible things. Yeah. Right. And. You feel guilty for feeling stressed because we should be stronger than that. Yeah, exactly. It's Being a, it's a sign of weakness if, if sign you're of weakness, bending. Right? Yeah. So you're also, I find that people are, they have a very difficult time just admitting they're stressed out. Yeah. Well, and then they're it, stressing about being stressed and that obviously exactly. can't be good. So one of the things that we need to do is we need to look at what causes stress and what the symptoms are, right? And one of the big ones that we've talked about, you know, with clients, we've talked about it in the fitness world, we talked about it at our seminars, is it can cause a lack of sleep and a bad diet. Those are big ones. Yeah. Your your life almost, your lifestyle falls apart. Yeah. And that starts to create this negative feedback loop where you're stressed out or you're unhappy or you're anxious. So you cut back on sleep and you eat like garbage or you starve yourself, one of the two. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you become more stressed because that's more stress on the symptom or or on on the the system. system. Yeah. And you're, you're basically, you're, you're suffocating your body. You're, you're getting rid of your body's means to deal with the stress. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like you're trying to manifest your, your mental or emotional stress physically. And so you, you're yeah. dumping that on top of your body. And then you start trying to get out of that because you realize yeah. on some level that you're in trouble. Yeah. And what do you usually do? You look for an escape or seek a distraction. Yeah, exactly. Un- unfortunately, the types of escapes that people look towards or the distractions they look towards are not healthy. No. Most of the time when people are stressed, they don't decide to do some scrapbooking or play with Lego blocks or, uh, you know, uh, have a game night with their friends. I mean, the 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 vices are usually what sex, gambling, yeah. drugs, alcohol. Yep. People will make really poor life decisions. They also get into a trap where people are incapable of spending 20 minutes alone. Yeah. Which, yeah. I, which I see as a real problem. I mean, if you are busy and you just want some time to yourself, When you finally get that time, if that silence is almost deafening, if it's crushing for you, if you're uncomfortable sitting with your thoughts for 20 minutes, you have a real problem. That to me is not, I want to say it's not normal, but I think there's a lot of people that suffer with that. Well, what I would say is if if you're in that spot, you know, where, where you're just kind of sitting quietly at long last and you're you're suffering through it instead of actually enjoying it, like that points to an even deeper issue. Like you, you need to go a lot deeper than just what's causing you stress on the surface. Oh, you know? for sure. 
And that means that means you're really, again, back to it, unhappy right. or anxious or you're terrified or unwilling to deal with what really needs to get dealt with. Or unable. I mean, maybe you've yeah. just never faced stress and you have no coping mechanisms at all. But that's why you have a hard time alone. Exactly. Those reasons, because you you don't want to face up to your own stuff. Oh, yeah. But right? then, you know, burying your head in the sand, you know, grabbing grabbing your phone and, uh, I don't know, surfing social media for hours on end, turn on the Xbox or the PlayStation and just disappearing into a game for a few hours, that doesn't solve the problem. And no, so even though you, you completely ignore it and pretend it doesn't exist, it just persists and that stuff keeps adding up. You know, one thing I wish people could do is just be alone with their thoughts for a day or a week well, because it, it would it force takes, them to yeah. confront all kinds of stuff and as a society, and I'm not going to blame technology because to me, technology is the symptom, right? Or not the symptom. I, 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 I think it's what people turn to. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but in the old days, it could have been gardening. Yeah. It could have been woodworking. It could have been, you know, the guy who's frustrated with his marriage. So just goes out to the garage and mm-hmm. fiddles with mechanics and things like that. Like, I don't think the phone is inherently bad or right. video games are inherently bad. It's, it's how people use them. And if you're using them as an escape from your everyday life or you're using them to avoid having to be alone with your thoughts, then it becomes a real problem. Yeah. And I would say too, I mean, there's, there's a difference between taking a break, you know, and just kind of getting away from your problem for a while and catching a breath so that you can come back and face it as opposed to just ignoring it entirely. Just never dealing with it. And so we have got to, I guess if we're going to help the listener, I mean, this is one of our goals. We talk about it all the time to give people usable advice. Yeah. Really what we want to do with every one of these episodes is give you something, even if it's just one thing that you can institute in your life to help make it better. One of the things that we really want to cover today is the steps towards dealing with stress. And the first step is recognize that you're in it. Yeah, if you're in denial about it, or again, if we go back to what we were talking about, where, you know, being stressed out is a sign of weakness, just admit, okay, look, I'm stressed out. That's the big thing. And in doing a, a, an examination of yourself, there are certain things that you can look for. And I think the most obvious one, and we've talked about this a lot of our other podcasts, is just difficulty falling asleep at night. Yeah, and especially because you're, not because you took too much pre-workout. Right, yeah. Right, that's it's a not because thing. you have a sore stomach from, from <laughs> stuffing yourself. Yeah. We're talking uh, uh, either low grade or even high grade anxiety that's keeping you awake. Yeah. Like you go to lay down at night and you're thinking about, I mean, everything ranging from something that happened at work that day to a project you have to do the next day to, uh, I mean, hell, something mean you said to somebody nine years ago. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and this is the stuff that keeps people up. If you're just replaying arguments in your head, I mean, even if you're winning, there's something there that needs to be dealt with. Oh, for sure. And it's funny. I look at my kids, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, more so my 10-year-old than than my uh, you know, my two-and-a-half-year-old because he doesn't really have anything in his life to be stressed yeah, about. Right. His, you know, the biggest stress in his life is what toy he's getting or mm-hmm. where his next meal is coming from. But my 10-year-old, who's a pretty conscious, intelligent, sensitive kid, I'll say goodnight to him and he falls asleep in 30 seconds sometimes. Yeah. Like what a what a beautiful way to live where you don't have a care in the world where you can just lay down and fall asleep at night versus the person that tosses and turns and tosses and turns and is anxious and then needs to reach for. I mean, some people need to medicate themselves to sleep. They're under such bad anxiety and no judgment. I mean, I, I get it. People have been through a lot, but what a terrible way to live. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, so the first thing is is the sleep and the difficulty falling asleep. Um, and I just want to want to circle back for a minute, though, with the recognition of stress. Mm-hmm. Don't be the person that says, I got this. Right. It's not a big deal. Everyone goes through this. I've got to suck it up. I mean, we live in this society where on the one hand, we're getting more and more encouraged to be sensitive and, and talk about our feelings. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, there's this whole other thing that talks constantly about sucking it up and being a man and being tough and all this other stuff. And it's okay to admit that you have a problem. It's okay to admit that you're struggling, right? Well, I don't think anybody, you know, no man is an island, right? You can't really go through life alone. You know, we're we're social creatures. So even if you're, you know, the most introverted person in the world, you still have at least a few friends. And there's a reason why you keep them around. So I think be able to rely on those people is really important. And the other thing is if you're dealing with something, you may feel alone, but chances are there's not only one other person who's dealing with it. Right. There's a lot of other people that's, that, that are dealing with it. Probably people that you know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not some some weird thing that's only happening to you. You're not isolated. So we talked about the sleep, difficulty falling asleep. Another issue can be weight loss or gain. Yeah, and that can go either way. You know, some people get stressed out and they just don't eat at all. And other people completely stress eat. Yeah, and they're, they're, the cortisol that they release can have different effects on the body. Yep. Some people, their muscle gets eaten. Some people put on tons of fat. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, a, there's a saying, a friend of mine that went through med school had the fat get fat and the thin get thinner. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you guys have seen this. That person that goes uh, into an extremely stressful job, that goes through a stressful period with their marriage, uh, that, that is finishing their school degree and is under a lot of stress. And in three years, this person's body and looks completely change. You know, I've seen people go from uh, six foot three, handsome, uh, good looking, clean complexion, mm-hmm. um, good physique to, you know, <laughs> joking a little bit, but five foot 11, balding <laughs> belly that hangs over their pants. I mean, you will see people change before your very eyes. I, the, just, I had, I just had this vision of uh, uh, Schwarzenegger and DeVito and twins. <laughs> exactly. That's what you go to, right? Yeah. Or, you know, for, 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 for people that uh, maybe haven't seen twins, you go from looking like the rock to waking up like George Costanza Yeah. from go. Seinfeld. Yeah. And it's really difficult for people. The hardest part is And it's really scary is that people, when they're in this, don't see it. They almost see the same person looking back at themselves in the mirror. And I've seen people age five years in three months. I think there's a saying behind that. uh, You're giving me gray hairs. Yeah, yeah. Like literally people can go gray overnight from stress. Which, which is a problem. The next is emotional volatility. Yeah, this is the, the, the kicking the cat when you get home. Exactly. You're angry and you got to look for someone to take it out on. And yeah. so now you snap at your kids or your spouse for no reason. Exactly. You, yeah. you snap at a coworker for no reason. Maybe it's just the person that's working at a store you're visiting yeah. where you're really frustrated with some level of customer service and you're going to take it out on somebody that has nothing to do yeah. with your situation, right? I've seen it before when I've been out and and frankly, I think it's really embarrassing that somebody at a Costco or a Target or something like that is just screaming at the customer service worker. Yeah, it's, which you is know, usually some you know minimum wage high school kid. You know exactly. Yeah, like I'm I'm sorry that your T-shirt had a hole in it. Or your 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 electronics didn't work, but I'm sure that customer service person made sure that you got the bad one. Yeah, like they were out yeah. to stick it to you, right? But you're going to take it out on that person because you have no control left. Right. Yeah. 
And, and oftentimes, if you look at periods in your life where you've said something to someone that's been really hurtful, it's been because you were stressed or you've had a poor uh, grasp of your emotions. Well, I mean, and, and frankly, like if you're in a good place and like your, your, your heart rate isn't elevated, you know, you're breathing deeply and you're relaxed and your life yep. is good, you probably don't go around saying mean things to people. No. But if, if I push your buttons and I keep pushing your buttons and you're, you're starting to feel like a cat that's been cornered like yep. what are the odds that something negative is going to slip out of your lips you know yeah eventually you're going to say something yeah you know and and you can bring it back to the kids example because i know um a lot of you out there are parents and mm-hmm. we are too when uh my son is well slept and in a good mood he's the easiest kid to be around in the world if you deprive him of sleep and don't feed him and it's testing week at school some stuff can come out of his mouth that's not characteristic yeah and, and my first reaction now is to not get mad at him if he acts out of turn, but to really solve the problem and ask him what's really wrong. And that's usually a better road to go mm-hmm. because then you get an answer. Hey, dad, I'm really stressed about this test. Yeah. Or I'm worried about this or I'm just tired. OK, go take a nap and we'll fix it mm-hmm. rather than now you have a problem piled on with, with, the, with the lack of respect or the, or the, or the words that he chose. Uh, complaining is a big one. Yeah, this like this a, one this one is it. I see it everywhere. Honestly, a, yeah, a lack of enjoyment of your current circumstances, mm-hmm. uh, depression, uh, you know, sadness associated with your you know where you are in life. Yeah. And the funny thing is, the shit people complain about. Yeah, <laughs> like you live in a million dollar house, you have this your mortgage is, paid off. That's what I mean. The sun's not setting where I want it to set. Ah, exactly. Like your life is that different. <laughs> Difficult that that's what you're going to complain about. And there are people, and I think this is a learned behavior, Joe, I agree. that have learned to just complain about everything. Yeah. I mean, if you've ever right? been like in an office setting, the place is just an echo chamber for complaints. Yep. You know, Karen I, from accounting, got to bring her up again. But she she says something about, you know, oh, this, this new policy at work is so dumb. And then somebody, else, oh, yeah, I totally agree. And then it becomes like the cool thing to complain about. One of my favorite things to do is ask people to name something positive about where they work. Right. Or about their house, the people Mm -hmm. that constantly complain about their house, the people that constantly complain about their job, the people that constantly complain about their spouse. When they're doing that, just ask them, can you name something positive, you know, or or to just call them out on it? Why do you keep working there? Well, think of this. It's so bad. Yeah. If you you ever ask somebody, you know, is your work environment stressful? Have you ever had anybody respond with like, no, it's great. Yeah. It's like it's just supposed to be stressful because it's work, you know. Exactly. But again. I like to call people out on it. Name a positive thing or why are you staying in it? Yeah. Right? Like kind of when you have the friend that constantly complains about their bad relationship. Mm-hmm. If it's so bad, why are you there? And it's funny because people shut up in a hurry. Yeah. Because they don't have anything to say back to it, which they're almost complaining for complaining's sake. Exactly. And it's back to your point. I don't think they know what's really wrong. No. That, and so that, they that, that takes, things. yeah, that takes introspection. And in the meantime, they're just reacting to kind of the low hanging fruit, you know? Well, yeah. And you go, you go for the grass is greener mentality. Yeah. Right. Which, which, like I said, it, it can be a real problem, but it goes back to something you said earlier in the podcast, the, the idea that you don't know what's really wrong. 
These things are just you're grasping at straws because right. you haven't done the self-work to figure out why you're really stressed or why you're upset. Well, and I think that's that's kind of like the next thing to go into is like, well, OK, now you recognize that you're in it. What do you do about it? Yeah. On, uh, before we go on, though, Joe, I do have a couple of complaints that I want to talk to you oh, about. Oh, boy. Here we go. I don't know. I don't know if this is the appropriate forum. Should I, but, should I um, stop the recording? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I think this might be useful for people to show okay. a moment of honesty. Okay. But I got to tell you, it is really, really difficult to eat a delicious meat locker steak every single night. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like sometimes I just want to eat crackers and drink powdered milk and I'm forced to eat this, you know, ribeye. <laughs> sometimes it's filet mignon. Sometimes it's a New York strip. But I got to tell you, man, it is difficult. You know, um, and if you're interested in living a really difficult lifestyle, go to meatlocker.com, use the code Maximus and you can get yourself a gift from us to you, uh, 15% off. Um, you know, yeah, I, I, I've got a complaint by me and, and it's that I walk around all day wearing the most durable, comfortable workout shoes that I've ever had in my life. And it's just, it's hard, you know, it is difficult. And <laughs> listen, if you're about to say that you're wearing the Lalo Maximus, I feel your pain. Yeah. Yeah. It is a hard life to wear such wonderful shoes. I mean, every other shoe I've ever tried is just in its shadow. I mean, there's just, yes. there's no going back and it, it really stresses we, me out. We can't even take this sponsorship <laughs> seriously, but I mean, for real, on a serious note, I wanted to tie it something. I am very lucky to be sponsored by Meat Locker. Oh, for sure. Right? So are you. Yeah. Like the the fact that we can eat delicious steak and burgers. Um, again, if you want them, meatlocker.com. Uh, use the code Maximus. Is a is a dream come true. I think my wife asked me um, if I wanted anything in life, and I'm like, nope. Married to a beautiful woman. I eat steak every day. I mean, I'm, I basically check the man card in every category. I'm mm -hmm. good. Yeah. Like if this is my life, I am happy. If I died tomorrow, I die a happy man. But it's true. Uh, the shoes to have a shoe named after me. I mean, the only other people I know that have shoes named after them are LeBron James, Michael Jordan, mm. uh, Kevin Durant, like, you know, great, great NBA players, Rich Froning, uh, you know, arguably the fittest man on the planet mm -hmm. besides of us, of course. Yeah. Uh, actually, I got to be I think he's got us beat by a little bit, at least. Uh, but, <laughs> but we're better looking. Yeah, we're better looking. But having a shoe named after me, I mean, that can't be stressful. Um, if you want the shoe, go to Lalo.com, use the code Maximus20, get yourself a pair of Lalo Maximus. Um, and also, I remember a point in my life when I was broke, when I was in university and I was living off basically craft uh, macaroni and cheese and hot dogs. Mm. Because it's all I could afford to eat. And I remember used to, used to having to scrounge money together to buy protein powder. Now we have a protein sponsor, Nidor Performance. Uh, go to nidorperformance.com. Uh, use the code Maximus Podcast. You get 20% off. And we don't just have a protein. It's the best protein in the world. That's right. And, and we really mean this. We've talked about it in uh, some of the other podcasts. But it's incredible, uh, you, you know, the quality of this protein. Uh, it's super easy to mix in four ounces of water. There's no clumping. Uh, there's digestive enzymes in it. There's no gas or bloating. And Joe, I've actually been doing an experiment. I've been taking five scoops a day. Oh, boy. To see if their claims of, of no gas or bloating are true. And even with my stomach issues, it's been great. Oh, good. Each serving of protein's got a full uh, helping of BCAAs and glutamine as well. That's true. And it's, it's in sufficient ratios to mere human muscle. But really, it's one-stop shopping for me. And so, so back to the kind of point here, I have a protein sponsor. Like, what the hell do I really have to complain about? 
Yeah. You know, I mean, think about my life. I get to, uh, and I'm going to brag a little bit here, but married to a beautiful woman, have two beautiful kids. Uh, I work in a gym for a living. Like I've been lucky enough to turn a passion of mine into my living. And I eat a steak every day. Mm -hmm. Life's pretty damn good. I'm not looking for reasons to complain, you know? Um, but again, I'm happy. I'm self-assured. Look what we're doing for work right now. I get to do a podcast with one of my best I know friends. It's rough. Like it's, it's real tough, you know? And we talked about this too. We could look at this podcast one of two ways. A, it's stressful. We've got to put content out. We've got to keep up with our schedule. That's the one perspective. The other perspective is if you and I weren't doing this podcast, we'd be talking about this shit on the phone anyway. Mm -hmm. So why not record it and help a bunch of people? And that's what that's that perspective we're really talking about. But the complaining drives me nuts. But rather than complain about the complaining, let's give people some, uh, I guess, tools to try and turn it around. All right. And the first one that we talked about is that you have to establish some kind of an anchor. So you need something that you can sort of latch on to that's going to help stop that spiraling feedback loop of negativity. Um, and the first one we talked about was, you know, just just like setting your bedtime and saying, yes. OK, I know I know I'm going to have a hard time falling asleep, but, you know, uh, eight o'clock lights out. And there you go. Human beings crave regularity. Yes. We don't like change to the point, And think about this. You you or people you know have stayed in bad relationships way too long right? because they're scared of change. Mm -hmm. They've stayed in jobs they hate because they're scared of change. They've engaged in behavior they dislike because they're scared of change. Yeah. So even, even when their circumstances are actually painful or stressful yep. to be in, that's still more secure than risking yep. I don't know, any level of discomfort for change. One of the reasons why people stay in abusive relationships, right? Because change is scary. So we're saying do the opposite. Make things regular. Right. Have a regular bedtime. Yep. Start. Eat. I was just going to say exactly that. Start eating well, like eat healthy. Yeah. Don't eat healthy. Don't, don't just let yourself go into a, a you know gallon of ice cream or whatever. Like eat no. well. Work out every day. Yeah, whether you do want to or for not. Your body. Yeah. That makes it feel good. You know, this is one thing I do when I travel, Joe. I'm actually going to England for a seminar. Mm -hmm. uh, the Maximus Method seminar is going to be in England, May 10th to 12th. Um, if you want to sign up for that, by the way, it's www.maximusmethod.com. I got to push my own product a little bit yes, too, in addition to our sponsors. But one of the things that I'll do when I'll fly to England is I'm going to get in, I'm going to take a red eye, I'm going to get in at about seven o'clock in the morning. A lot of people will go straight to bed, they'll spend the day feeling jet lagged, they'll be miserable. Nope. I will get off that plane. I will go straight to the gym and work out yeah. because that's what I do at nine in the morning. Every morning, it helps me feel grounded. It kind of puts that anchor down from there. I'll eat lunch. Like I always do. I may have a nap because sometimes I nap in the afternoon and, and I'll be tired enough that I'll be looking for a nap and I won't make it too long because I'll get up. I'll work out again. I always work out twice a day. I'll have dinner and then I'll go to bed at nine at night. And if I can do that day one, when I get to England, I'll feel great the whole trip. Right. Because it puts me in that routine that my body craves. Mm -hmm. It makes it feel like my safe place. The more I get off my schedule, the more I eat different food, the more I vary my bedtime, the worse I feel. And I, and I, and I pay for it. So it works when I travel. 
travel, why can't it work at home? You know, when I'm in a stressful period at home, I really, really buckle down on that stuff. I don't stay up late. I don't eat different foods. I try to maintain that regularity. But those those behaviors, they kind of have to be established. Like you do go to bed every day. You know what I mean? You do wake yes. up every morning, but you can just make it regular by having a regular time for that to, to occur. You know, and, and I think there is something to the routine. You know, I, I know this with my daughter too, three and a half years old, uh, you know, and you have to have an established bedtime routine. Like now's the time when you put your pajamas on. Now you're going to go brush your teeth. You know, now we're going to read three books and now you're going to go to bed. Like if we keep that routine, there's that regularity to it and it seems to work. But if anything in that routine gets off, then she's up all night kicking and screaming. I don't want to go to bed. She wants to play with this. She wants to do that. Like the routine has been broken. Well, in so, one point that brings up because my kids will do this from time to time too. Mm-hmm. Then it screws them up for the next day. Yeah. Because they're tired and they're upset. And part of this routine you're trying to give your body the resources to cope with stress. Exactly. During a during a stressful exam period, what's the first thing that gets cut? Sleep. Sleep. Because people got a cramp. Yep. During a, a, a busy job, uh, you know, employment event, mm-hmm. sleep it gets cut. People engage in bad eating. Yep. Right. If you're fighting with your spouse, you're anxious and you're up. Like, no, you need the resources to deal with the stress. Because, I mean, on on your best day, Joe, if I only give you three hours sleep, you're going to be a mess. Oh, yeah. You know, never mind all the other stress you're dealing with. Having that routine is what gives your body less stress, right? So we we talked about earlier, like dumping physical stress on top of emotional or mental stress. So the one thing that you really have control over is that physical stress. So take that out of the equation and start letting yourself heal. Yeah, for sure. The next thing you want to do is so you, 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 you find your anchor. The next thing you do, and this is the difficult part. I think of this whole podcast, if there's one thing you take from this, it's going to be this right here. You need to do a life inventory. Yeah. It's something that people don't do, but you've got to really, really dig deep and figure out what's really going on and how you can fix it. Right. So, uh, a, a couple strategies we came up with, write it out. Yeah, there's, I don't know it, how it's many. almost always the right idea to grab a pen and a piece of paper and just start writing. I, I know anytime I faced a, a really hard decision in my life, I will just draw a line down the middle of a sheet of paper and do like pros and cons. Like if yep. I do this, what, what are the, the, the pros to it? What are the cons to it? And that really helps you get your mind around it. I think when you're really stressed out, start writing out. What are you stressed about? Or at least what do you think you're stressed about? Like what things yeah. are bothering you right now? You know, it's probably not the cat meowing at you. No, it's it's what we went back to earlier. What you think the issue is often isn't the issue. Yeah, and that's exactly the problem. And that's why you you might want to have somebody help you with this, you know, and you might need to find some professional assistance. So I would say seeking out a therapist is probably not a bad idea if you're really having a hard time getting to the bottom of it. Yeah, and a lot of people will play the friend card when you bring up a therapist. Why have friends to talk to? Mm -hmm. Remember that as much as your friends want to help you, they're biased. Yeah. And we are surrounded. Nobody wants to be that friend that says negative things, right? Mm-hmm. You, you don't want to tell the person how it really is. And a lot of your friends are yes men and they'll just agree with you. You need somebody that does not have an emotional attachment that can just tell you straight. Because also don't forget, you're going to tell your friends a version of the truth as well. Yeah. Right. Like you and I have an argument and we're going to talk to Byron. Uh, mm-hmm. Byron was a guest on one of our podcasts. I think it was episode seven or eight. And you're going to tell him <laughs> one just, story. In my mind, I'm just seeing how this all plays out. Yep. You're going to tell him one story and he, I'm going to tell him another. Mm-hmm. 
and then and he's going to give you one piece of advice and give me another piece of advice. So sometimes it helps to go to somebody that doesn't know we're, you. We're going to do this, and, Bobby. I, we're going to yeah, come up with yeah. something and, and you're going to call Byron up and you're going to be like, so I got this friend. And just keep it real vague and just see yep. what advice he gives. And then I'm going to call him up and I'm giving my side of that story. <laughs> you know, hopefully, hopefully Byron's not listening. To this. We got to get this done today. We'll come up with something, but we should record it for the podcast. Exactly. See what he says. <laughs> You know, but I feel like I feel like Byron's not the person to ask no. because Byron would give you the advice you don't want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like he would tell you straight. Yeah, he honestly would. Yeah. You know, um, but that could be a problem. So with the therapist, they are professionals. So it might mm-hmm. be something you want to look into. Uh, one of the other things that you brought up and I've heard you bring it up in the past is to do the perfect day exercise. Yeah. So the perfect day exercise um, is it's actually kind of fun to do, but you just write out what you envision is like the perfect day. Everything is taken care of. All the bills are paid. You don't have to worry about food. You don't have to worry about anything. What time do you wake up? Where are you? You know, are you living in your current house? Do you live on a tropical island somewhere? Like what's perfect? Uh, What do you do with your time? Everything has been taken care of. What kinds of things are you going to engage in on just like a Tuesday? And just write that out, you know, and that that becomes kind of this this beacon that you can compare to where you're at now. Well, my perfect day is that I get up without an alarm clock. You know, I get to spend some time with my kids. Uh, I eat a healthy breakfast. I go to the gym and work out. You know, I come home and uh, maybe I work on a podcast. You know, maybe I get to play my guitar for an hour go work out some more, maybe train some people. Like I look at my life now, I'm not that far off, you know? And, and suddenly it seems like that kind of a life is attainable. You know, if your perfect day exercise is like, well, you know, I own three Maseratis, a Lamborghini and a private jet, and you're currently living, you know, in a trailer somewhere, working a part-time job at like Walmart, like, okay, (laughs) maybe we need to adjust our expectations a little bit, or maybe you need to recognize that the job at Walmart's not going to get you to that perfect day. Yeah. And and you make the point about being far away from it, but a lot of times people are close to their perfect day. I I think more often than not, people will realize like you kind of gravitate towards the things that you enjoy anyway. Hey, life's, life's not this bad. Yeah. And we, we talked about this in a, in, in a lot of different ways. Uh, we talked about people's spouses, mm-hmm. right? Because what are the number one things people complain about? Their job, their spouse, or their kids. Right. So if you were to write – actually, I'll bring up my son for an example. Um, it's easy to complain about your kids. I get it. Being a parent can be tough. You can be stressed out. Mm-hmm. And Lisa and I were laughing one day because of what could our possible complaints with, with, with our 10-year-old be. We don't have many. He's got straight A's in school. He cleans his room. He's respectful. Uh, Lisa's a stepmom. He's never said a cross word to her mm-hmm. in his life. Uh, he's actually the kid that other parents want him to come over all the time. It's like our biggest concern is maybe when he's tired, he gets a little emotional or sensitive. Yeah. That's our biggest problem. So why are we going to complain about him? If I mean, and, and really, I'm proud to say this. If I was to write out what a perfect kid would be on paper, it would match up with him really, really well. Uh, you know, you look at you look at your wife, Joe. Uh, 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 you love her. Uh, she's your best friend. Mm-hmm. You're you're attracted to her. Mm-hmm. She's loyal. She mm-hmm. sticks by you. She supports you in your dreams. Like on paper, that sounds like the best deal ever. Yeah. People will have that and they'll find a way to complain about it. Yeah. And again, if you were to write it, down and I'm, compare it, you might be where you want to be. Yeah. And it's not that's not the thing that's actually bothering you. You know, that's exactly it. And that's the goal of this exercise. Exactly. To figure out what it is. Right. Yeah. 
because it's really not that bad. Another strategy that we talked about too was just keeping a journal, you yeah. know, and, and and seeing how things evolve over time as you're as you're kind of going down this path because you're probably not going to solve all your problems in a day. But having oh. a, a journal, it sounds a little bit hokey, I know, but being able to look back at stuff you wrote, you know, a few days ago, a few weeks ago, and kind of seeing like, well, what I thought I was stressing out about, I wasn't stressing out about, or boy, I was really on the head back then and I've gotten distracted. Like it, it can kind of help keep you focused and help cut a lot of the clutter away. Yeah. And, and I'm all about the slap in the face technique. Mm-hmm. Like I think, I think seeing how wrong you really were helps yeah. people learn. And sometimes when you write stuff down and then you look at it two weeks later, you just shake your head. Yeah. What was I thinking? Yeah. I really and if, and if you that? don't that believe me, go, that? go back and look at all your old Facebook posts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> where you're where you're tortured. You remember Facebook used to have that functionality where I, I got to tell a funny story that's kind of off topic, but it is funny. Um, Facebook used to have this functionality. I don't know if they still have it. I don't use Facebook that much. Mm-hmm. More of an Instagram guy where it was like Joe Sabula is and then you could write something in. Oh, yeah. Or Joe Sabula is feeling. And I remember in one day I woke up in the morning and wrote, Bobby Maximus is feeling great. This is the greatest day of my life. I'm, I'm blessed to be alive. And all kinds of people commented on it. I'm so happy for you. You deserve it. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. So three hours later, I put Bobby Maximus is feeling devastated. Life <laughs> is bleak. I can't believe this happened to me. This is the worst day of my life. All kinds of people, again, wrote I'm here for you, thinking of you. You'll get through this. Remember what you say every damn day. You can do it. We love you. And then three hours later, I went right back to Bobby Maximus (laughs) is feeling blessed. This is the greatest day ever. And people made comments. The funny thing is, it was all the same people making the same comments. Yeah. Like, did not one of these people think to ask, like, what the hell are you (laughs) What the hell are you on? Are you okay? Do we need to call a doctor? Nope. Uh, and but it but it shows you people can't remember what they wrote three hours ago, right? Yeah, so, and, they're, and they're not they're not that engaged, you know. Not that, engaged. not that engaged. So that brings me to a point. There's a reason I told that story, and I was just reminded. Don't write stuff down and not be engaged. Yeah. If you're going to journal, you really have to work at it. You don't just kind of sit down and write stuff out for the sake of writing it out. It's got to be meaningful. It's got to be thoughtful if you want it to be effective. And at the very least, you get a good social media post out of it. Yeah. It'll give you some blog content. Maybe, Joe, it'll give us something to talk about on a podcast. Yeah. Um, And try to be honest in your journal. Because a big problem, people lie to themselves. If you're going to solve these problems, you got to be honest with yourself. Well, and I think too, when when you look back at old posts or like old journal entries and you feel awkward about it, that's usually an indication that you weren't being honest. Yes. You know? Yeah. Or you were really in a bad way. Yeah. And now you're realizing it. You're in a much better place. Yep. Right. Um, so we've basically got, you got to do this life inventory to figure out what's going on. Now, if you're fortunate enough to figure out what's going on, and I say fortunate enough because there are some people who never figure out what's right. going on. They always seem to be their own worst enemy. Yep. But if you can figure it out, now you've got to find a strategy to actually fix it. So what are some of the strategies that we can use to, uh, I guess, deal with stress or fix our circumstances? Uh, number one, learn to say no. Yeah, that's a big there, one. There's this thing called the power of no. Don't agree to shit you don't want to do. 
Don't do a job you don't want to do. Don't stay in a relationship you don't want to be in. Don't be the person that agrees to do something at the expense of your own feelings. I'm one of these people, and I know a ton of people just like it, that if somebody asks, they will automatically say yes. Because yes is the positive answer, and I want to stay positive. But then you end up in a place where you're doing a bunch of stuff that you don't really want to do for the wrong reasons, and you start to resent the, the other people. And that's yeah. that it's just not not a good scene. That's one to avoid. No, and you got to understand you're not just being selfish. You're just protecting yourself. Yeah. Right? It's okay to focus on you. There was actually something uh, the other day really good. I'm trying to look it up right now that I had read. It was on The Art of Manliness. Have you ever seen The Art of Manliness? Mm-hmm. I was on their podcast. They've got a really big Instagram following. And I really like their stuff because they do talk about a lot of life issues like we do. They put a post up. Uh, it's called Sunday Fireside. You're not responsible for other people's feelings. Mm. And I just want to highlight it here. I can't break up with her. She'd be devastated. I can't quit my job. It would stress out my coworkers. I can't say no to helping out with this event. This is you, Joe. My friend would be really frustrated. Yeah. Those are the kinds of things that run through many men's minds, especially those of the nice guy type. When they think about making a decision that will affect other people, even contemplating making such a choice fills them with dread and anxiety. They feel emotional upset at the prospect of creating emotional upset in others. Mm-hmm. What they don't realize is you're not responsible for other people's feelings. Now, don't get me wrong. The fact that you're not responsible for other people's feelings doesn't mean you're not responsible for your actions towards them. You should fulfill your promises and moral obligations. You should treat people ethically and civilly. It's a bunch of bullocks, i.e. bullshit, when someone sneers that they couldn't help the fact that someone else chose to be offended when they made it almost impossible for that person to react in any other way. Yeah. But when your decision doesn't carry moral import and you make it with all the politeness and respect possible, you're not responsible for how other people deal with your choice. They deal with it resiliently or not, rationally or not, generously or not is up to them. You can't control their reaction and you cannot make your own decisions based on their expected response. And that, that I thought, I mean, I don't normally read quotes off the internet, but that's one of my favorite things I've read in a long time because that's exactly our point here. Learn to say no and protect yourself. That goes right into the next point too, which is having those boundaries set. Yes. And that, I mean, really, honestly, a lot of this, you could refer back to our earlier podcasts on this because having yes. those boundaries set is another way of, I guess you could even look at it as saying, it's saying no without always having to say no, you know, because you don't want that to be your default either. It's just, no, I'm not going to do anything for anybody, but nope. having a boundary set and saying, you know what, um, no, that's not going to work for me. Or if there's areas where people are bringing stress into your life, being able to put up that boundary and say this, I'm not getting involved in this. You know, I'm not going to allow other people's activity to drag me down. I've got enough on my plate right now. Well, that's it. Right. And and that bleeds into core values as well. Absolutely. Because that's how you set boundaries and that's how you learn to say no. Yeah. Is this in line with my core values or against my core values? And what you want to do is not make a decision that's going to cause you more stress, which now leads to our next point. Don't look for Band-Aid solutions. Yeah. Because a lot of time what people do is they engage in behavior that creates way more stress. Exactly. And and we talked about my grandma. Grandma, if you're listening, I love you. You're the greatest grandma of all time. He she says, requires he says that. Say that. 
constantly, just so you know that. Yes. Grandma. He's not just, not just, just so saying I know. that now. I hear it all the uh, time. But it, it really is funny. My grandma, in, in a lot of ways, was my my best friend for a lot of years, um, lived with my grandma for a bit. And she used to have the saying that your chickens always come home to roost. And it's so true. The What you're doing today, it will come back to haunt you or help you. One of the two. But those chickens are coming home. Yeah. And it's funny because people engage in this. We talked about it earlier, but engage in really bad behavior. And Joe, you're a moral upstanding guy. You've lived a good life. I, I like to think so. You'd like to think so, right? But I want you to think about somebody who hasn't. That person who you knew in university, who was promiscuous, slept with all kinds of people, mm-hmm. drank all kinds of alcohol, uh, was a troublemaker, cheated and lied, maybe got arrested. If that person's name came up now, 20 years later, what's your first thought? It's exactly that. who that person was 20 years ago. Yeah. So you can go out and engage in all this bad behavior, but that stuff's going to stick with you. And we talked about that in our redemption podcast where you might have changed and you might forgive yourself, but other people still look at you the same way. Yeah. You know, we, there, there was a there was a talk we had about um, what was that? What was that Netflix documentary? The American meme. American meme. And there was a guy on it and he calls himself the slut whisperer. And he's famous for sleeping with girls and pouring alcohol on them and and lewd and obscene behavior. And I guess he's made some money as an Instagram celebrity, if you will. Um, but one of the things that they talk about, the, the biggest message that I took from that documentary, it's actually really interesting to see these people in their real lives. But he was talking how, you know, he he felt lonely and he wanted to settle down and have a family, but he doesn't even know how to have kids anymore because what happens when they Google him? Yeah. Right. Like when your son or daughter grow up to Google you, they're going to find a whole bunch of stuff out. And are you proud of your behavior or not proud of your behavior? And that's going to make a whole bunch of more stress. Yep. Right. So so you're stressed out. So you go out, you start drinking, you do drugs, you cheat on your spouse, you 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 engage in some um, behavior that you shouldn't be in. You get in some bad relationships uh, that causes way more stress. And now rather than just having the original issue to deal with, now you've got all these other issues as well. Yeah, it just piles up. It just piles up and you will never deal with the original issue because now you've got all this other bullshit to wade through. Yeah, so those, it, those, it, those Band-Aids are not going to allow that wound to heal no, at all. And, and Band-Aids probably the wrong term. They're, they're, they're weapons, really. I yeah. mean, you're hurting yourself more and more and more. And it's funny, when you really examine somebody else's uh, behavior, you'll start to see, and you hear this phrase, Joe, oh man, uh, they must really hate their parents, mm. right? When they're acting out. And so now your behavior that you're doing in your twenties and thirties is because of some poor childhood, right? Well, going out and drinking and sleeping with somebody is not going to fix your poor childhood. No, like it's just not going to help you. You know what this so, reminds me of? Do you remember that? It was a Damon Wayne's movie, Major Pain. Yes. And the guy like gets a little wound and he's like, you want me to take your mind off that pain? So he breaks his finger. Yep. <laughs> That's what That's this exactly is. exactly it. Like, why would you do that? Yeah. Why cause yourself more heartache and stress for something that happened 20 years ago? Like, fix it. Yeah. You're in control of your behavior. And, and if you don't feel in control, maybe instead of going out and drinking or gambling, call a therapist. Just yep. ask for help. It'd be way easier in... By the way, as inexpensive as a therapist uh, seems, it's way cheaper to fix the original problem than pile a bunch of more problems on. Yes. Not right? to mention, like, you could have years and years of regret or years and years of, like, a healthy, like, well, that's, awesome yeah, life. So For sure. The so, next one, uh, a flow chart. This, this I, I consider, this is kind of like the dude approach to stress, right? Okay. So stress comes into your life and you have to look at it and you say, well, all right, I'm stressed out. 
Can I do something about it? If the answer is yes, great. Do that thing. Stress is gone. If you can't do something about it, it's not your problem. You don't have to fix it. Move on. Oh, yeah, just let it go. It's a very simple flow chart, but it, it, it's actually, it's an interesting exercise when something bothers you. I mean, say, and this, the, I know the question will come up, well, but at work, right? Because at work, we're, we're, there's a power hierarchy, so we don't always have control. And so that's the thing. Can I change something? Yes, then I'm going to change it and not stress about it. If I can't change it, what's the point of stressing about it? You can't change it anyway. Just deal with it and move on. It is what it is. So, Joe, I'm about to play a song. Okay. Uh, parents out there are going to hate me because it's a song that's probably if you have a daughter stuck in your head <laughs> it's uh, the greatest advice I've ever heard in a movie ever it's called the let it go <laughs> from Frozen how many times have you seen this with Jojo Just she just found this movie a week ago and I've oh, seen no. it no less than seven times <laughs> Don't watch it, Joe. I know I know people that want to cause physical harm to themselves because their kids are addicted. And listen, my son, I was lucky. He was in the Lord of the Rings or you uh-huh. know, Blade Empire Hunter. Like it's okay watching those a hundred times, but it gets old. Yeah. The hundredth time you watch Frozen Joe, just <laughs> <laughs> I am so thankful I have boys right now. It's actually it's actually, if I'm truthful, it's not a terrible movie. But yeah, again, watch it. <laughs> yeah. times enough, enough is enough. But but Elsa, the character in the in the movie, or is it Ilsa? I can't remember. But, Elsa. Yeah. Um, yeah, she has good advice. Just let it go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a clown, Joe. I'm sorry. I think I just ruined uh, our podcast. <laughs> actually, that was pretty funny. But I'm I'm pretty sure a lot of people just shut off the podcast and will never yeah, tune like, in. Again. <laughs> they're like clowning at their ears anymore. <laughs> um, so get, let it go. Uh, next, avoid bad scenes. Yeah. If, if there's if, something that causes you stress, don't be around it. Yeah. Like if you had a bad breakup, stop checking your ex's social media. Yeah. Quit digging for it. Right? Quit looking for something that's going to make you angry. Yep. Because it's not worth it. If it's a, If it's a certain group of people, stay away from them. Yeah. This could be as simple as staying away from a traffic jam. If you, you know, and if and you I've, I've heard this a hundred times. I would rather spend an extra 20 minutes in my car moving than 20 minutes in my car stuck in traffic. You know, yep. so like, fine, we've got a GPS. Get off the main road. Go explore yeah. the city a little bit. One thing I used to do is uh, I work at Blender Bottle. Blender Bottle, they're the, the largest manufacturer of shaker cups in the world. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone calls every shaker cup a Blender Bottle anyway. Right. But their office is about 35 minutes from my house. And that's a no traffic joke. Yeah. In traffic, it can take an hour and a half. So there's different times that I train people there in the mornings and the afternoons. When I have afternoon sessions at Blender Bottle, I get there an hour early because it avoids that traffic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because I've got to be there at, at five o'clock. Yeah. So if I leave my house at four, I might not make it at five o'clock because I'm stuck in traffic. If I leave at three, I'm there at three thirty. And then I have an hour to an hour and a half to kill to read a book, to work on my podcast, to write material, to talk on the phone. I'd well, much it's, rather it's funny. that. Yeah, and people people will tell you, well, yeah, I don't have time to work on all of these things. And like, well, find a way to create that time. That's exactly it, right? Or 
if I am, if I do have to leave late, I'll do my phone calls in the car. Right. Because I'm a captive anyway, right? Yeah. So, uh, or I'll record a podcast in the car. Haven't done that yet, but maybe we should. <laughs> we'll get the uh, mobile app. We'll see, see yeah. how it turns out. <laughs> see how it turns out. So just avoid bad scenes. Uh, if you want some help with learning about a lot of this stuff, go to the Redemption podcast. Yeah. Uh, I think that was our last episode, wasn't it? No, no. the last one was the, the second Question Q&A. And yeah, the one right before that. So okay, that so two weeks prior. Either 12 or 13, I think. But a lot of these issues really do overlap. Yeah. Right? Well, and, and then, then finding, finding that way to just sort of like forgive your yourself for past mistakes. There's yep. a lot of like also kind of just that self-work that's involved in finding the real things that are bothering you. So I think there's a lot of, of carryover. You know, and we mentioned earlier, like the, the Boundaries podcast, the uh, the Core Values podcast, but I think the, the Redemption podcast is actually really, really helpful in all of this too. Good. So it's worth another listen. Yeah. And then finally, surround yourself with good people. Yeah. Because good friends won't drag you out to, to drown your, your woes and alcohol. No. And there is this saying, you become who you hang around. Yes. You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Yep. And you hang out with a bunch of people who are stressed out and complain all the time. Guess what you're going to do? The same shit. You hang out with people who are happy. You'll become happier yourself or you'll learn how to appreciate stuff. Yeah. So that's, you know, I I think that's really good, um, Joe. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think this relates to, it's funny how we've kind of woven this little tapestry together of all our podcasts. Yeah. Like if you were to listen to stress, core values, boundaries, redemption, uh, even toxic masculinity's got a lot of good stuff in it. I mean, they're all very relatable topics. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I kind of feel like the people who've been with us since episode one are lucky because it's like if you saw the original Captain America and then you like you've stayed with all the Marvel movies, then yes. Endgame makes sense, you know. Yes. But if you're just jumping in right on that one, you're like, what the heck is going on? Yeah. But <laughs> but all of these things, it's interesting how related they are to the concept of happiness. Yeah. And be a fulfilled human being, right? And that's our goal. Exactly. So thank you guys very much for listening. Uh, Really appreciate the time. I was thinking about this, Joe. We get so many comments. um, And I just want to say something to our listeners. We get so many comments of of people who really enjoy the podcast and, and, and say thank you. And we want to thank you. Yes. for listening to us, for supporting us and really, really grateful that you guys take time's one of the most valuable resources we have. The fact that you take time out of your day to listen to us, it it, it, it means the world to me and I know it means the world to you, Joe. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, I, and I love hearing from you guys. So please don't ever hesitate to send me a DM no, or, to, or to post a comment on, on Instagram. No, and we're always willing to help as well. So send emails. Yep. Um, we're pretty good at answering that stuff. Uh, we'd also like to thank our sponsors. Uh, number one, Lalo Tactical. Uh, we talked about it earlier. They make the best, most comfortable shoes on the planet uh, for working out and for tactical stuff. Go to www.lalo.com. Use the code Maximus20 for 20% off. I'd certainly take advantage of that. Saving that extra money will help save you stress. Exactly. Uh, meatlocker.com. The best steaks, chicken, burgers, bacon. Uh, we eat it every day. Yep. Um, if you follow uh, us on Instagram, you know that. It's something we really, really love. I mean, to eat it every day, we have to love it, right? That's right. So, uh, it, it's not just something we're trying to sell you guys. It really is a wonderful product. It's kind of ruined steak for me from other stores. Uh, certainly, <laughs> my wife says that. She's like, I can't eat meat anywhere else. Yeah. Um, but use the code Maximus at, at MeatLocker.com for 15% off. Um, and then finally, Nidor Performance. Last but not least, uh, I think it's the best protein I've ever used. Very, very clean 
uh, incredible results, uh, kind of changed my perspective really on supplements. Talked about that a lot in the question and answer yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, episode last time. Um, but it, it, it really is, and I'll say this without a doubt, it's the first protein powder I've really ever truly believed in. Before I thought it was just protein, now it's something different to me. And so if you go to Nitro Performance and use the code Maximus Podcast, you get 20% off, but I strongly urge you to try it out. Yeah. Made it, uh, you know, people are always asking me like, what are you doing different? What's, mm-hmm. why are you improving so much lately? And you know, the Nitro Performance has been a big part in that. So, well, and I, and I know the gut health has been a really, really important thing for you since, yes. since dealing with your disease and, and Nidor has been a part of that. Like this is one yeah. of the first times that, that I've actually seen you putting on weight. Well, and the fact I can take five scoops yeah. like a day and, and I've just been doing that as an experiment to push the envelope, mm-hmm. but and, and nothing, no bloat, no gas. And I mean, I, I'm sure we've all been there. Some proteins can make us feel really bad. <laughs> so you get you what know. you pay for. <laughs> you get what you pay for. That's exactly it. So thank you guys very much uh, to find more out about us and, and what we're up to. Go to at uh, Joe underscore Cibula, J-O-E underscore C-E-B-U-L-A or at Bobby Maximus. Uh, also, our website's JoeCibula.com, about the same way as I just spell it. And bobbymaximus.com love to hear from you guys and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you not seeing you speaking to you next episode 